Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The following content is not suitable for children. Touch. So important to a loving bond. Let's talk more deeply about it today. Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fowler, your couples therapist. We are here to talk about sex. Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts. And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G? I'm out representing the men out here. We can talk about sex. (laughs) And I am representing women who can also talk about sex and to help them feel comfortable talking about sex. Listen, and let's change some relationships. All right, Lori. So we got a lot of questions and comments about touch, and I think most of us just throw it into this general category. Touch, do you like touch? Do you not like touch? I think today would be great to... Get a little bit more specific. We know how important specificity is, right? So let's see if we can do that today. I know we we have this article from Barry McCarthy, who's a fantastic sex therapist. He is called Shifting Gears, the Five Dimensions of Touch. So I think it will give us a nice uh, framework to get a little bit more specific as we're talking about it. We invite you listeners to just think about, you know, which of these areas of touch really work for you, which maybe you want to get a little bit better at, or your partner, the more intentional you are, the more you can increase it and measure success. I love it. I think that, you know, sometimes we say touch is our love language, but this breaks down the degree of of touch from kind of affection all the way to sexual intercourse. And I think what's important, especially for women who are more receptive in their desire their bodies don't turn on until they feel aroused. So this is a pathway, I think, that he has laid out that might get her there with, you know, she might not feel turned on, so it's okay to stop. But this at least gives her a basis to to have her body get going. Exactly. And we want to not limit touch just the bedroom. This is 24-7, right? So let's let's get into it. You want to start us off? Yeah, five gears. So his first gear, he says, is affectionate touch. And so it's basically, you know, hugging, kissing, hello, goodbye, holding hands, 
it's not really considered with most people intimate or deeply sexual, but it is kind of this basis of greeting and patting each other when you walk by and ruffling each other's hair. I mean, there's like a way to just have a, a an affectionate relationship. Right. So again, you're walking out to your car and you reach over and grab your partner's hand. Right? It's not leading to anything. It's just a little nice signal to your partner that, hey, you matter to me. And it's a, it's an, it's a nice little moment of connection. Yeah. My stepmom and dad did a good job of this. I remember, you know, I was a teenager, so it was, it was a little much, I thought. But they would sit down and watch television together. And my stepmom would always slip her hand sort of inside my father's thigh. And it wasn't, you know, very sexual, but it was very intimate. And you know, I knew that as a kid, as a teenager, but they were, they often, you know, hugged and kissed goodbye and very affectionate. And that outside the bedroom touch really just gets the body repetitions, right? It gets, I mean, so many couples don't touch and then just expect it to turn on in the bedroom. And this, this, this affectionate touch, I think is so important to just kind of bridge the gap that often couples can find. Yeah, and I think we need so much of this. We need this as certainly a foundation for sex, but we just need this as people. You know, I don't people die without being hugged and there's some research and studies on that. Yeah, and I think about my sons. I mean, it's just that that moment that hug is just saying just you let go of everything. You're in that moment to just kind of there's a moment of gratitude where you just appreciate this connection with this person. Right, so it could be with your dog, it could be whatever the situation, but this this need to just be part of something else, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's so critically important. I agree. I'm I'm such a toucher. You know, I hug my friends, I I reach out and touch everybody. I my girlfriends tease me because when I'm walking with them, I like walk into them, you know, because <laughs> I want to be close to their body and you know, I just it's like there's just something natural to me about wanting to touch people that you care about and you're connected to. And this is where people can get more mindful. If you grew up not in a family with a lot of touch, this is a little bit harder for you. Yeah. Right. But we believe it's your native language. So mm-hmm. if you just put yourself in situations where you kind of just push yourself to do it, it will become more comfortable with repetitions. Absolutely. A- attachment begins in the body. You know, it's not emotional attachment begins in the body as our parents hold us, stroke us, cuddle us, look at us, delight in us. You know, it's it's that first physical safety and comfort that we get. And so that that's where it all begins. Nice. All right, let's move on. Okay. Second gear, Ooh. sensual touch. Ooh. What's he talking like about here, one. Lori? I like this one. Yeah, this is just, it's moving it up a notch, right? It could be foot rubs or back rubs or laying next to each other on the couch while you're watching TV or maybe cuddling in bed, cradling each other. Like my favorite position to cuddle in bed is like my front to my husband's back. Something about that feels super connecting and safe and warm. I don't know. It's like I I really, really like that. And it certainly it's sensual, but it's it's just part of it. You know, it's not necessarily we're having sex or we're going to have sex. I just like that kind of cuddling. Right. So it's taking affection to the next level. Yes. There's more of a full body kind of 
engulfment going on here. It mm-hmm. can start to lead towards sex or it doesn't necessarily need to, but it's non-genital kind of touch. So yeah. It's, okay. I have a girlfriend who she read my book in early stages and she kind of is a low desire woman. And one of the things I said, you know, for women who maybe are low desire, they they give up on demanding the types of touch that they want. And she said, after reading my book, she said, I am absolutely going to ask my husband regularly for foot rubs because she said, mm. I know I need that connection. I, And that really feels good to me. And, and she can accept that. And it, she saw that one of the things she did as a low desire person is she kind of stopped asking for what she did need, you know, because it, it got bound up in their struggle sexually. Yeah, I remember after 9-11, I, know, I was down at the Trade Center for a couple of months working and they had this reflexology person, you know, so we're on break and I don't know how they get me to do it, but I take off my shoes <laughs> and this lady starts rubbing my feet and I don't think I've ever felt anything as good in my life. I was like ashamed, like I shouldn't like this. I was trying to pretend I didn't like it because all the guys were looking at me, but I was like, Damn, that felt amazing. I mean, wow. So for you men out there that don't want your feet rubbed, give it a shot. You might, you know, you might realize it's an amazing way you like being touched. Yeah, I love that. And that's, again, I think some of us think we know how we like being touched, but we've never experimented with different ways. And that's what we're encouraging here. Like, if there's parts of your body that are never really touched, like, try it out. And when Mm -hmm. we talk about touch, I mean, there's so many different, you know, pressures and sensations and Mm -hmm. vibrations and tickles and textures and temperatures. Enough with the tickles again. Well, pain (laughs) is another one, right? Some people like it firm. Some people like it light. Mm -hmm. Like you just can't say I like touch. Maybe, you know, you didn't like your foot touch because somebody was tickling it. Right. They would have given you really firm pressure. You might have loved your feet being rubbed. Sure. Don't just give up on an area. Just get more specific on let let somebody try different things and see what you like. Right. And speaking of pain, this is when I think this category is when your partner walks by and slaps you on the butt or on the booty. You know, it's like. I mean, that's kind of sensual, but it's not necessarily the beginning of sex. I, well, I think it, to the other side, it probably is a bit erotic for the person doing it, but maybe <laughs> not for the person receiving it. So. Well, maybe both, you know, yeah. it could be both. I mean, it's erotic, sensual, erotic well, works. Okay. Is that the next one? Playful touch. Playful touch. Maybe, maybe I'm mixing up my categories, no, but playful touch. Three, playful touch. Okay. Playful touch is like whew, when we, it might be genital touch, it might be non genital touch. So this is when, you know, you get in the shower with each other or you do a full body massage. Um, somebody I know, a couple people I know actually, they have literal massage tables that they, pull out of the closet and they invite their partner to be massaged and they pull out the candles and the oil and they give each other these long massages. That that sounds neat. Seductive or erotic dancing, that I think huge turn on for so many women I know. They say, you know, wish I'd married a dancer. Really great. Or or games like strip poker, or twister. Have you ever played Twister Naked? I have not. <laughs> But I'd be game to. <laughs> Hope my wife is listening to the podcast. <laughs> there she goes. 
Okay, so playful touch, it's a bridge into sexual desire. And I guess I get a little confused between that sensual touch, you know, cuddling and maybe giving a, a massage or back rub and this more playful touch, which, again, we're using the same word, massage. And mm, mm-hmm. this is more introducing the kind of the teasing aspect of it, uh, you know, the 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 joke and the playfulness. I'm trying to differentiate between the sensual touch and a playful touch. I think that's good to think about. Yeah, this to me is moving towards sex. Playful touch is moving towards sex. Um, playful with a little, you know, intention behind it. Yeah. So if we're talking about a woman though, whose body doesn't turn on and she doesn't really feel desire until her body turns on. How would she enter this playful touch without pressure, without saying, mm-hmm. I have to now, now I'm watching, now I'm waiting. Is my body turning on? You know, is there a way to go into playful touch, maybe as a partner, and not feel disappointed if your body, if your partner's body doesn't turn on? Right. So I'm sure if I'm confused, so I'll listen to some of them are going to be confused too. <laughs> So this 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 playful is is starting to introduce some of the erotic, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a little dance. I'm going to do a little uh, strip tease. We're going to play a little bit of game. You know, it's it's again, it's it's that pre foreplay, or it's even a type of foreplay, right? Mm-hmm. That's just getting getting people's bodies kind of more alive, more engaged, more intentional. Right. right? It's not just the only way is through the sensual touch. Like give me a massage. This is just another way of really kind of getting the body alive with the playfulness, with mm-hmm. the teasing, with the game playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a difference between, hey, would you rub my back? Or your partner pulls out a massage table. You right. know, I mean, there's there's a difference there in terms of what's coming, what it's all about. And as we're going through this, we, we do keep encouraging that exploration like not only if you like something but why do you not like something mm-hmm. you know why do you not like to dance or do a little tease or play a little bit of a game is that just old kind of training or is it something that you might want to revisit and mm-hmm. some of you are going to be more attracted to say sensual and love to cuddle and that's really what gets you going and other people would love the playfulness there's no right or wrong to this we're just trying to give you kind of more material to have a conversation with your partner mm-hmm So let's come back and get to four and five, Lori. Okay. All right. If you're a fan of sushi, it's incredible. I know Lori loves sushi, but gas station sushi, ah, not so much. Finding the right sushi makes all the difference. The same goes for finding the right doctor. Never trust a man who doesn't like sushi. Well, with ZocDoc, (laughs) you can find the right doctor for you in your network, in your neighborhood. One thing that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported, and you're heard, even if you're telling them about your favorite sushi place. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed and take your insurance and are available when you need them. So you can figure that out on the app. Go to ZocDoc.com slash foreplay and download the ZocDoc app for free and then start your search for a top rated doctor today 
Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com forward slash foreplay. ZocDoc.com slash foreplay. George, feeling is everything. Excitement, intimacy, anticipation, contentment. Uber Lube lets you feel all the things you want to feel. Lori, I'm so proud of our partnership with Uber Lube. They really are making a difference, helping people feel more, enjoy more. That's all what we're about to. So we just really appreciate our partnership with them. Exactly. Uber Lube, it was created with sex in mind. Its formula is pure. It's basically silicone-based, smooth and silky, and it's body-friendly, so you don't have to worry about yeast infections or glycerin or parabens. And it's got a perfect pump for the perfect experience every single time. Ooh, that's kind of sexy. Yeah. Uberlube.com with the code foreplay for your discount. Hey, we love Uberlube. And thank you listeners for supporting Uberlube who supports us. Uberlube.com with the code foreplay. Fourth gear, George. This is different than fourth base, right? Fourth gear. Fourth gear is the home run. This is this this intercourt is the fourth gear. No, Lori. no, no. Fifth gear is home oh, run. There's five in the bases there's in this game. Five, five, five bases. No okay. wonder I like this game. <laughs> fourth gear. It's erotic touch. So this mm. is maybe non-intercourse, but basically when we're touching each other's genitals, and it's oral sex, stimulation, using a vibrator. You know, all of that that is actually trying to arouse each other's genitals. So this is, we're going for it. I mean, this is it. Okay. Well, a lot of people might blow past this too, though, right? So <laughs> right into the intercourse. So there's something about slowing this yeah. down and yeah. and getting clearer on. Yeah. What are the different ways that your genitals like to be touched? Yeah. Do you know? Do you tell? I mean, I, I think this is so important right here, like show and tell and a discussion about the different types of touches. One of our sponsors, Oh My God, Yes, Please Use the Coupon Foreplay, you know, has a film on specifically touching the clitoris, uh, which is really helpful. It gives language and, you know, look I at that one. I tell you, it's, it, it is educational. I remember watching it saying, Damn, that clitoris is sensitive and needs exactly the right speed and, and direction. And like, you know, there's, you need feedback. You need to be able to kind of talk to your partner about it. And I think most couples don't really know how to do that. Yeah. They don't want to say a little faster, a little lower, a little to the right, right? That's, that's actually could be a turn on because you, you're getting more into it when you can get it exactly the way you want it, right? Mm -hmm. It's your partner's not doing anything wrong. How can they know they're not in your body, mm -hmm. right? So I think we all have this illusion, maybe because of Hollywood, that like we're supposed to read each other's bodies and perfectly be attuned to it. Mm -hmm. And that's just nuts. When we train therapists, we tell them embrace misattunement. It's part of the process. You're supposed to get feedback and shift and to pivot. Same thing sexually, like I'm going to probably go too fast if when I start to get turned on, you know, with my wife and, you know, she's going a bit slower. So us to be able to communicate that to each other is so important for the for us to get into that sweet spot. Mm -hmm. He also mentions here erotic scenarios. So setting up the scene, maybe a role play or something that is creative and unpredictable. Halloween's coming up. You know, and Halloween, Ooh. there's all those costumes that at least after Halloween go on sale for half price. I always say to people, go go buy some of those. You know, the nurse costume, the 
the schoolgirl, the, va- <laughs> the vampire. There we go. George is thinking dark. Is that kink? It, is that kink? T- is vampire your kink? I'm thinking of the vampire as I play that uh, Twister game. <laughs> try to combine these things, really make it fun. And you can combine them. You can have just, a little of this erotic touch with the playfulness, right? <laughs> just the that. cape, nothing else. Twister. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. Okay. But basically, erotic touch is mutual and is going toward orgasm. I, I guess he says it could be one way or the other. Like it could be mutual or it could be just one person having an orgasm. But I kind of imagine, I, I suppose if it's not your night and you want to give your partner an orgasm, that'd be okay too. But most of the time, I would think this would be very exciting and arousing for both people. I mean, touching your partner, I think some people I think can touch their partner and not be turned on. Like, like I hear people say, well, you know, I give oral sex, but it doesn't do anything for me. I'm like, really? Like, that doesn't impact you? That doesn't turn you on? Or you don't feel something when your partner's getting turned on? That's hard for me to understand. I suppose there could be times when you're just not in the mood, and so you just do your partner. But Well, I know also some couples take turns, right? One person gets off first, and then we focus on the other person, where other couples try to work towards a mutual orgasm, right? There's no right or wrong in this, but just it's again, comes back to the communication. Mm. Is what mm-hmm. you're doing working? If there are things you need to adjust, can you talk to each other about it? And this erotic touch is it's so important. And I think most people, most couples I work with do not actually, once the sexual act starts and the foreplay and they're getting hot and heavy, there's no communication happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, maybe they're just like lost in their bodies. That could be a really good thing. Mm-hmm. being lost in the moment. But I think eventually or at other times, maybe that debrief and talking about it and what were you feeling, that gives us information about our partner's inner sexual world and their mind and what's going on for them. Right. And it's, I think what stops most people is the fear. It's so loving. I don't want to hurt my partner's feelings. My partner's into it. I don't really want to say anything. And we really want to dispel a lot of that myth. Most partners appreciate the feedback, right? It helps them kind of get clearer on having success. Mm-hmm. You know, you could work on how you like, oh, I love that a little bit faster. Like you could work on how you deliver the message, but, you know, withholding the message out of protection just continues to leave that kind of gap in more likely the same thing is going to happen next time. So you're saying if if you really need something during this time, go ahead and ask for it or direct it. Yeah. I definitely think that positive direction during this level of arousal is important rather than saying, I don't like that, which is right. kind of a block, but just saying, ooh, could you, could you switch to this now? Or, you know, I really want you to do it harder, faster, you know, I mean, I think asking about what you do want versus the block of saying, I don't like that, I don't want to do that, or don't do that, or that's too hard, or, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're saying that's too hard, that hurts, could you just say, you know what, I'm a little sensitive, that's, could you do that softer? Yeah. Or could we switch somewhere else? So that is, there's so much more of a green light in that. Right. Asking for what you want 
is leads to good sex. Hmm. You know, when people learn to ask for what they want, they have good sex. It's the people who can't ask are the ones that kind of run into trouble. And we have good reasons to not ask because we've never had people help us. I mean, growing up, I never had a male mentor that said, this is how you talk about things. You know, mm -hmm. so when you don't get those repetitions, it's hard to do. But I am always excited when somebody goes in a direction of asking for what they want. Because once they go down that road, I know they're going to be good. Yeah. How many men do you think, George, grew up, even if they got the talk, especially during the talk, do you think that they were told by their parents or their father, by the way, touch your clitoris. No. Well, How could the dad say that when he don't know what a clitoris is? <laughs> right. Okay. Ooh. Hopefully that's changing. Hopefully that's changing. We got a whole nother generation that's it's waking up with women wanting to talk about it and men wanting to know about it. Yeah. Which is good. not just a good thing for women. It's a really good thing for men. They yes. want to know. And so much of the couples I work with and the research is saying it's the men who are, it's so important for them to please their partner. It's not just about their orgasm. They really want to be good lovers. They really want their partner to be into it, to want to have sex for themselves. And for that to happen, both of them have to be able to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think it's really painful. I think probably as a woman, if she feels this, but I hear and see men cringe when their partner says, their female partner says, all you want is sex. And he's like, no, 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 no. I, I want it to be good for you. Your turn on is my turn on. It's like, I love that moment. Either when you're orgasming or when I see the, the lights turn on in your body and you just, you know, you're, you're aroused, you're breathing heavy, you're sweating. You know, it's like, that's so exciting for them. And, and I think that sometimes in the negative cycle, um, that can get lost. But I agree. Most of the men I work with love it when their partners turn on. Right. All right. Fifth gear. Fifth the gear. Bang. The intercourse. The intercourse. Woo. So incredible. And, you know, he kind of really, Barry McCarthy, who is the sex therapist who wrote this article in Psychology Today, we'll put the link in our uh, show notes. But he says, you know, it's a natural continuation of the process. Uh, it doesn't mean if you can't have intercourse that you're failing or, you know, if something happens, it's it shouldn't be a problem. And you can have intercourse and then go back to other stimulation. I mean, that, that's one thing I think, you know, if, if a couple has a quickie and maybe her body turns on because intercourse is stimulating and but she hadn't been quite as aroused to have an orgasm first, you know, why not go back and go down on her or, you know, bring out the vibrator or something. Right. And this isn't in order. Like you're saying, it's yes. so wise. It's yes. like after the orgasm, the intercourse is done, then maybe you go back to that sensual touch and you just cuddle that afterglow period. This mm -hmm. is where maybe you are more affectionate and you just want to stroke your partner's hair. I mean, touch is instrumental throughout. Mm -hmm. But yes, we want to be able to be able to enjoy this beautiful process of intercourse mm -hmm. is the closest we are ever going to come to merging with another person to lose ourselves to kind of get caught up in this transformation and you know so many couples because they don't touch in all these other areas they're set up to then fail in the intercourse area too right so let, let's just break down the intercourse what is it can you give that feedback what is working is it too fast is it too short is it not the right position is it 
not enough kissing? Is the person not connected enough? What are the breaks? What are the gas spells? There's so much here to engage with. Mm-hmm. And in different positions, I think we feel different things, both physiologically, but also emotionally. You know, sometimes people say, well, I don't like it from behind because it's not as intimate. And it's like, okay, well, but do you feel other things when it's from behind? I mean, you could have it you know, face to face, and then other times from behind. I, I just, I think there's so much to be felt emotionally and physically in many different positions that talking about it and getting clear, like maybe your partner only wants to do it from behind, and you're like, okay, I need some face to face time. You know, I had I, a creative solution to that, Lori. What's that? I had a partner who held a mirror. <laughs> from behind it would hold it up and the other person would just wave <laughs> you know as they're in doggy style and it's like it was they would joke about it there's that playfulness but they would have that eye contact that was important to the one partner to just know you know when and you understand the history there was some trauma there was some incest mm-hmm. like that really being able to ask for what you need i need safety i i, I need slowness i need like to be able to ask for what you need especially around touches you know, one of the most important things we can do in a sexual encounter. God, I need mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> you know, there's also, um, you know, you can take those stand-up mirrors and lay them on their side and then make love sort of next to it and see yourselves. And so many different positions become more visual. Yeah. It's like, that could be good. I love that he added playfulness. I mean, sex was made to be fun. So many people turn it into this serious workout or performance, and that's cool some of the time, but you got to be able to laugh and not take yourself so serious and let yourself go. And, you know, so that's a type of touch. And we really, we hope you all are finding ways of listening to these five gears and saying, huh, you know what? Number two is not so much on my list. I want more of it. Mm-hmm. If you want more of it, you'll get it. It's the want, and that's the key. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Start with affection, sensual touch, playful touch, erotic touch, and intercourse. Uh, We would love to hear your feedback. How's it going out there? Five gears. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. Okay, so tell us about your cutting edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability? Lori, we just keep pushing it. Coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a witcher, really practical moment by moment moves of what a therapist can use. You know, we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough of this talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? Give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important. No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it model of learning. Uh, you need to have some ideas, so we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our, our listeners and watchers to do is become their own moves. Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY-4PLAY. the number four play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. 
All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by Foreplay Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.